The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. A huge furore recently over a business called Only Fans. Lots of ins and outs, ups and downs with this one, Colin Cullis, our Business Unusual correspondent. Uh, indeed, it is, Bruce. And uh, perhaps mentioning this is a story about a unicorn. They've certainly uh, reached that sort of billion dollar valuation status uh, and <laughs> sort of lost its way. It's worth noting that yesterday, one of the uh, stories we covered some time back, Theranos, headed up by Elizabeth Holmes, the, at the time the youngest self-made billionaire, uh, begins jury selection for her trial for having basically hoodwinked so many people into believing that taking a tiny little pinprick of blood could allow you to do over 30 blood tests. Turned out to be, well, we'll wait and see in the court case, but it's very likely that they'll find uh, it never existed. It couldn't do any of that stuff, and she invariably will have to face the music for that. Uh, and the question then for this evening's one is with OnlyFans, may they have done something similar? So I'm mindful that OnlyFans is a pretty popular site, but not one that many 702 or Cape Talk users may have come across or know much about. So the starting point is it's a personal subscription site, not too dissimilar from a site like Patreon, another subject we covered on Business Unusual before, which effectively says that uh, paying for content on the internet isn't a bad thing. Typically, the internet model was everything is free. Then came the notion of everything is free and was supported by ads. Uh, That requires you to have big scale and lots of followers, et cetera, big endorsements. Uh, This is the notion that says, well, if people really like you and the content you're creating, perhaps they'll pay you directly for it. And and this is kind of where we got to. So OnlyFans is is such a thing. They're only about four or five years old. They uh, started in uh, 2018, 2016. But they really took off in 2020 um, with what I suppose we could describe as pandemic porn or, or, or Zoom for adult workers. Because when the pandemic hit and so many musicians and uh, I suppose people in the adult entertainment, strippers, uh, porn actresses, et cetera, actors uh, who couldn't effectively go and do their work. They were they were kind of stuck. And here was a platform that was uh, available for people to uh, take people who didn't know who they were and, and, and register on the platform, as well as um, those who had lost their jobs. They had maybe regular jobs and those jobs had dried up uh, and they could try their hand at posting titillating subject matter. You didn't have to post that kind of content. But the likelihood of getting somebody to part with between five and fifty dollars a month for your updates on, you know, how to rearrange the home or how to cook a meal again using very similar or limited ingredients uh, probably wasn't going to be that much of an earner. No, but, but anyway, that's the point. Is... I mean, people did. Uh, uh, only fans didn't grow dramatically because people were sitting in their pajamas and reading poetry. Um, let's be honest about this. I mean, this wasn't um, this this wasn't watching the home cooking channel. This was decidedly more alluring, perhaps is a nice word way of putting it. Yes, and and it wasn't just the fact that there were a lot more uh, content creators, for want of a better word, who were who were looking for a platform so they could actually raise the funds. Most people were stuck indoors. The opportunity to go out and go to clubs and go watch movies and everything else was limited. So once you've done all of your Netflix and you've done all of your YouTube, you're probably looking for something else. And well, uh, you know, a site like OnlyFans probably was quite intriguing uh, for for some people. Uh, OnlyFans will say, though, and it's justified that they they didn't set out to create something that was adult orientated, but they didn't say no to it. And in fact, they've got a pretty good history for how it came about. Anyway, the reason we're discussing it, though, this evening is that in the middle of August, they said they would no longer allow any explicit nudity, any explicit adult content from the 1st of October. Effectively, 
chopping off its own horn because of where it managed to 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 get most of that income from. Uh, they had raised or, or climbed to the point of being over 130 million users. They have over 2 million creators and they had received over $5 billion in revenue. That's not bad for a company that's, you know, five years out of the blocks and isn't it isn't even the only one that does this, although these days it's probably one of the best known ones that do it. So making that decision is what caused the big waves and got people talking about it, even if they hadn't heard about it before. And the subsequent backlash from that resulted that last week on the 25th of August, they said, we've reversed the decision. We made a mistake. We've heard you loud and clear. We will not be doing that from the 1st of October. The catch for that, though, is that I suppose the damage might have already been done. The creators who had joined the platform and work, you know, a, a lot of about getting someone to sign up for uh, for OnlyFans is promoting it on just about any other platform you can and then redirecting them back to OnlyFans where you make the transaction to say, okay, I'll sign up for your content. And they take 20% of anything that the creators uh, can generate. So it's a very good business model for them in order to do so. And rightfully, a lot of those um, creators have felt betrayed. They, they haven't necessarily abandoned the platform, but they've probably opened up other accounts and they're now going to be a lot more wary about just exactly what their relationship with OnlyFans is, given what may what may play out next. So then the question is, if, if the platform was doing well and the creators were happy, uh, the owners invariably were very happy uh, and the users were happy, 130 million users, you know, what, what could go wrong? Their line was the banks weren't happy. I, I've got nothing to say that it wasn't specifically the banks that weren't happy, but it's fair to say that one of the things that kind of allowed online banking to exist in the first place was the desire for people to want to buy pornography online. So banking and, and online banking, certainly its connection with the adult industry is, is, is one that's been long, it's got a long history. But it is fair to say that uh, for, for many banks, particularly given that this is recurring payments, uh, that once you've initiated a subscription like this uh, and you then refute it, it's not the kind of um, transaction that a bank necessarily wants to get involved in. And it, and it appears that there were quite a few of these chargebacks that had come. And so certain banks had simply said, look, uh, we get it. You're entitled to go and use any bank you want, but we're no longer going to be happy to process these payments. And when that started coming through and people are trying to you know, buy accounts and saying, listen, your payment didn't succeed, they wind up saying, okay, there's a bit of a challenge coming here. The other thing, and it's the classic sort of growth path for any startup is you have a great idea, you, you, you do what you can to generate as much growth as you can. That should attract some investment. Those investors get on board to see that growth explode. And then at some point, you list and everybody makes money. The challenge was attracting investors uh, onto platforms that are ostensibly adult orientated is probably a bit of a, a, a tough ask. I mean, ultimately, you're looking to try and monetize the oldest service in the world uh, using a service of things that already existed. So OnlyFans consists of pictures, so you've already got Instagram. It consists of videos, and you've already got YouTube. It consists of messaging, and you've already got WhatsApp and, and you know Facebook or something else. Uh, and it consisted of uh, live interactions, etc. And you've got Zoom and everything else. So none of its surface services in and of itself are unique. But by packaging them together and then you know adding the titillation and, and the fact that you could get adult content and, and a subscription service, that's what did give it a, a bit of a plus. Uh, so that, that's where they, they got to for them. But then there were some other issues that come with uh, a company that is four years old, apparently has somewhere in the region of, of 200 employees. I think uh, this is a number maybe from a year or two ago, so it, it probably has expanded a lot. But still, if you've got 2 million creators and 130 million users, even 500 employees, even 1,000 employees suggest there's a lot of work for these people to do just when it comes to handling support tickets. 
and and given that it kind of it was homemade porn for want of a better word there were a lot of individuals who could try their luck the the the, the content was made in people's homes you know you just take a picture or shoot a video wherever you are the challenge now becomes in allowing somebody to sign up for an account where it has to be over 18 and how you verify that somebody could have you know uh, falsified the the information they were supplying to get onto the platform if you manage to do that correcting it after the fact it's too late you can't allow that to happen another reason why investors and banks would simply say i am not willing to be part of this risk those numbers don't stack up in terms of what likely to happen and similarly you can't be taking payments from somebody that is under 18 either to buy services that could potentially expose them to this sort of stuff and i suspect that perhaps some of those chargebacks were coming from kids who got access to credit cards thought this will be interesting signed up only for their parents to find out and say what is this what's going on and give their bank an earful and the banks also thought look we definitely do not want to be mixed up with this so i suspect that is a, a fair part of it but thanks to a pretty insightful piece done by forbes earlier this year before this sort of palava they uncovered that that investment that came from a, a VC person back in uh, 2018 may also have something to do with this because the, the company was started by he's, he's a 38-year-old guy from the UK. Uh, his dad stumped up the money to build the original thing and he runs it with his brother. So three shareholders uh, run, the, run the business. And, and he took his idea from uh, an idea he had before that where you could uh, go into a website and ask people to do a special message for you. And then they would do that message for you and you'd buy it. In his case, it was also adult themed. So these were really uh, entertainers in the adult industry where you could ask or request them to do something specific for you. They would charge you for creating a message, doing a video or whatever it is you wanted. And, and the shift in this model was to say, rather than a once off payment, you could now move to a subscription. So it's a repeat payment. It made a lot of sense. But the person that invested in 2018, uh, Leonid Redovinsky, um, he has a history also in this in, in this industry, uh, but it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a lot darker. Uh, he would he would supply supposed passwords to porn sites, uh, which people then would think they're using when in fact they were kind of paid advertisements to drum up support for those porn sites. But some of those uh, ads, for want of a better word, seem to suggest you could get access to things that otherwise would have been illegal. That he would actually supply that or not is I don't think the issue. The fact that he was willing to allow people to be exposed to that is the allegation that uh, Forbes has uncovered. And that for, again, many other people who might want to get invested would say we're not interested in that. And again, regulators would want to say, you guys are, are, are doing very well. You're, you're getting very popular. This is the kind of history you've got. This is not something they necessarily want to be involved mm. in. So them, them changing their minds and, and trying to say, okay, well then let's get rid of the porn. That way you can get onto the app stores and do other things. You can become a lot more like Patreon. You can get actual VC support. Given that they did so well uh, through the pandemic, this maybe is the opportunity to go mainstream and clean everything up. That too though is problematic because again, sex work, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I don't think it's going anywhere. And the notion of keep pushing it aside or, or not wanting to regulate it or acknowledge that it is a thing doesn't help those people who are who are in it or have chosen to be in it and keep them protected and, and, and looked after. Uh, and similarly in society, again, you get to choose if you do or don't want to expose yourself to that sort of stuff. But it doesn't mean that, you know, put it out of sight and, and somehow it's going to go away. So, so that is the challenge that regulators will now have to face for saying, what do we do uh, in the future for doing this thing? And again, like the social networks, which started off saying, well, surely everybody's willing and able to make their own choices. It's got to be fine. And OnlyFans themselves have said, you know, we're actually looking to broaden this out for all sorts of other people. But the worrying thing, I think it is fair to say, is one of the most recent people to join, she joined in April, uh, is a rapper. She's got a very controversial history. Her name is Bad Baby. 
And Bad Baby joined a week after her 18th birthday. She had over a million dollars worth of subscription in just six hours. And, and the issue there is not just that a, a popular rapper could uh, get all those subscriptions. It's the tone of the website and the fact that she had just turned 18 that, that raises issues for, for how everybody should be able to deal with this. There's a, a bit more online that covers some of the other elements of it that, are, that I'll leave over there. Suffice to say that in terms of this being a good decision or a bad decision, or are we going to find a way forward with this, only time and the fans will tell. Absolutely. And for now, the fans are, are, are betting with their wallets. And so, yeah, more of the same, it would seem, coming through from only fans. Colin Cullis, Business Unusual on a Wednesday night.